Hello there. What's up? My name is Nate. You're listening to Life Tips Podcast. Welcome. Everyday life topics with advice and tips for becoming a better you. This show is all about self-improvement. Each episode is unique to whatever you're going through, and it doesn't matter your youth or gender. Everyone can benefit. But the reality is that nobody is perfect. There's always going to be downfall with rising, and there's something to improve upon every single day. So if you want to make changes in your life, then follow along, and I'll help you take yesterday's mistakes and master them for a new tomorrow. Let's get started. Before we get started with this episode today, if you are brand new to Life Tips, thank you, thank you, thank you. I look forward to uh, impacting your life and I pray that you take something that I've said to heart, jot it down in your notes, on your phone, in your notepad, wherever, and just plan to apply it to your life. If you are a current or faithful listener of the show who have been with us since day one. Welcome back. I'm excited to continue this journey with you, and we hope that you continue to enjoy the show as you always do. All right, let's get started. What's up, world? Welcome back to Life Tips Season 6. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm an inspirational speaker. Welcome to the first bonus episode of Season 6. As you know, Season 6 is the first season of this year, 2021. Let's introduce you to today's guest. Here on Life Tips Podcast, it's been my pleasure to host a wide variety of guests from all over the U.S., and the world. Today's guest literally came out of nowhere, as you heard in the beginning, following a clubhouse conversation where I was speaking on stage. And to this day, I still cannot believe this happened. So I would like to introduce you to an American Idol alumna. Her name is Hallelujah. No, seriously. That's her artist name. She's an American Idol alum that she just heard me mention. She's a singer, songwriter, and musician from Los Angeles, California. She's also a life coach, hand model, plant-based vegan and TV hostess for AfterBuzz TV. 
And so today, we are going to dive deep into industry life. So without further ado, let's welcome Hallelujah onto the show for the first time ever. Hallelujah. And I'm not kidding. Like, hallelujah. Oh my goodness. What's up? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Wow. So, y'all, I'm just going to sit back and just bask in the glory. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do right now. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do right now. It's all good. It's all good. So go ahead. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Hallelujah. Um, I prefer bumper car racing over long walks on the beach. And I believe that popcorn truly and utterly is a good group. And if anyone wants to fight me, I'm going to catch you all time. How about that? <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, uh, anything, anything else you want to share, you know, where you came, where you, where you hail from, background, schooling, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Now we're getting into your brother. Um, now don't, don't mind my antics. Sometimes I like to joke around when I'm asked broad questions. Um, okay. but to answer that question, you <laughs> Um, my name is Hallelujah. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, actor, model, and life coach. I currently hail in Los Angeles. Um, I was born near here. I don't necessarily feel like I'm from here, even though I kind of am. Only mm-hmm. like I moved a lot. Grew up in a lot of different places and raised in other people. A lot of people that I can be raising, which I'm completely and utterly grateful for because I got exposed to a lot uh, throughout my life. I'm really grateful. Wow, that's that's what's up. So, uh, as you all heard me read in her bio, Hallelujah is an American Idol alum, singer songwriter, musician, life coach, hand model, plant based vegan, TV hostess, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I literally oh, read you. Yes, all the tea, all the accolades, everything. But that's literally what we're going to talk about today. Like the just all that, all the bio stuff, and uh, dig deep into it. So, y'all, I'm excited because for those of you all who don't know, <clears throat> I will just share this here uh, with with you and with Hallelujah. But for those of you all who don't know, I am very closely connected to another American Idol alum by the name of Ashton Jones. So, yes. So, uh, I have artist friends. Not many people know that, but now you know. I have artist friends, artist <laughs> connections, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, don't get mad when I when when the when the virus go, goes away and I get free tickets to a concert. <laughs> yes. Plugging in, plugging yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all know I'm gonna go see Hallelujah when this is over. Oh, 
I can't wait to see all the Blue Yellow all over. Let us out. Yes. Time to play. Yes. Yes. So talk about that experience for a bit. Like, how long were you in American Idol? What was the season? Who was in it? Because I remember American Idol back in the day when when Simon and Randy was on that joint and Paula. I remember that version of American Idol. I don't keep up with the current day American Idol, but the OG American Idol was fire. But when were you? I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But yeah, talk about it. Like when, when did you get hip? What season were you on? What prompted you to sign on for that? And then we'll go to the follow-up question. All right, cool. Uh, So I was on American Idol in 2018. Uh, which technically was season one of their ABC reboot. I was on the ABC network. Yeah, so so more so recently. Um, and I was on the, the season with Katy Perry, Luke Bryan, and Lionel Richie. So that was the... <laughs> you want me to say it again? Ooh. Lionel Richie. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> Oh, come on, I'm not gonna give you a free concert. Right Don't be surprised, y'all. She bust out into song. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll see. I, I don't mind. I love playing. But uh, as you're saying, um, I was on that season. Um, I went to Hollywood Week and made the top 100. And after that, I was done with the show. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was a very interesting experience, one in which I'll never forget. Because the thing is, is I have been working behind the scenes in this industry, in the music industry, for years before I decided to really step into it as an artist. Um, and the reason being is because, you know, that's, that's my father kind of raised me to be a champion. And in being a champion, you got to learn the business of anything that you work in. And as soon as I stepped into the music business a little bit more seriously when I was around 18 years old, I realized that the music business was like 95% business, a few percent talent, and the rest is chance, like being in the right place at the right time and, and being prepared and being ready for that. And it's a sad reality to those who really, really, really love music, and it's not to crush them at all, but it's, it's kind of the difference between making a living out of it and making it your hobby. So I, I really had to get that reality check. And I didn't mind because I love business. I think business can be so much fun, especially in the art of communications. That's where I majored in when I was in college. Uh, but, but anyways, I studied the business for a while. I worked with the Grammys. I was the personal assistant and all that for, for a few folks that you guys know. Um, and I just learned. I learned. I stepped it in. I soaked it in. I did all the things. I mean, am I allowed to touch? Yeah? Okay, cool. Well, um, in other words, I did a lot of bitch work. <laughs> like, I, I did a lot of bitch work. And I, I learned the ins and outs. And, it was incredible, and to be honest with you, though, I had no intention of being on American Idol whatsoever. I, I didn't even want to do it initially. It was, um, I had just gotten back uh, several months prior to doing my own self-tour, um, and I just, I basically was doing a whole bunch of things that I was afraid of, and then all of a sudden I get a call from a uh, from people at American Idol asking me to come in and audition, and I uh, I hung up the phone. <laughs> I said no, 
And I got a call back and I asked them, what do you guys want? <laughs> what do you want with me? And they said that we, we really, we heard about your story. We love about, or we love what you do. Someone recommended you guys. And we really want you to come in and audition for the show. And I had also gotten calls from other shows too, um, uh, the four America's Got Talent and Voice. But I decided to go to American Idol because, um, I mean, they produced a lot of great people in the industry, to be real. Um, they have a lot of merit and they took a lot of time off air before coming back and I figured it would be a, a great opportunity uh, for me and for them. And, you know, I went in audition and did a great job and just kept going from there. And it was an incredible experience. I would honestly recommend anyone who wants to get their feet wet and give it a shot to do it. I really would. It was it was amazing. It got to show me a lot of what I'm made of, of what I want, what I don't want, what I want to compromise, what I don't want to compromise. It was incredible. But the one thing that I will say to be prepared for that they don't necessarily prepare you for mm-hmm. is Little, little bit of depression that hits you right afterwards. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in the limelight, constantly surrounded by cameras, people who are telling you what to do, who believe in what you do, writing all these songs, being on stage, and then all of a sudden you're kicked off the show and all of that stops. You're back home, you know, and like you, you stop doing everything you were doing to be a part of the show. Uh, so now it's like you're trying to piece your life back together. After being on, and I'm sure other alumni have felt this too. It's a rush. So it taught me a lot about managing my mindset and also managing my expectations. It was, it was real. It was real. I feel like if I knew American Idol, I could do pretty much anything. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. <laughs> Y'all. I hope you caught that. She was dropping gems. Those are your two life tips to start the show out. You know, just get out there and, you know, don't be afraid to to put in work. And then, you know, take care of your mindset because, you know, that literally was my follow-up question. Just, you know, advice you have for artists who may be listening as far as, you know, the desire to audition for uh you know, shows like American Idol, The Voice. And I'm kind of glad you mentioned a little bit of the differences between The Voice, American Idol, uh, America's Got, oops, not American's Got Talent, um, The Masked Singer, you know, just et cetera, et cetera. You know, the different shows that we just see as, you know, the viewing audience at home. And it's just like, oh, this is cool. When in reality, it's a whole different ball game. into the next thing that I'm just curious to know. 
So what inspired you to get into the industry as a singer, songwriter, and musician, you know, overall at the at the very beginning? Take us back to the very beginning. I mean, when you first learned you had a musical gift when you first learned which which came that's what I'm that's what I'm curious to know which came first was it the was it the singing aspect and then you learned how to play on top of it or did it or did it come at the same time were you six were you nine you know yeah the the whole backstory you're pretty good okay I wasn't six and I wasn't quite yet nine but I was around eight I was close I had to turn my back 
whatever I sang until maybe a week or two of doing that. Eventually, I stopped turning my back and I was looking at people. And for over a month, we would put on these little impromptu concerts in the hallways of the YMCA. I'd be there late at night because I was working out there all the time too and waiting for my mom. So it was just a perfect situation. And then one day I asked him, hey, can you teach me how to play guitar? And he said, sure, go get your own guitar. So I borrowed this old guitar from my godmother and um, I brought it back to him a week later. He's like, okay, can you teach me how to play guitar now? And he said, sure. And he showed me one chord and he was like, all right, now go, go learn. And I'm like, what? You're not going to teach me? He said, no. If you're really into it, you're going to figure it out. Uh, and I was like, well, what about that really cool thing that you do? Can you teach me how to do it? He was very uh, percussionist at like when he would play on the guitar. And I wanted to learn how to do that. And he said, you got to figure it out. And I was so frustrated, but I, I did. And then within a week, I was able to play and sing at the same time. Um, a couple months later, I was writing my own songs, and then things just kind of took off from there. But yeah, I, I let me let me get this straight. I did not wake up when I was a kid one day and say, I want to be a singer. That was never my reality. And it's not to say I don't respect the craft or love it. I do. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, some people think that that I, I literally just, I woke up and this is what I knew I was supposed to do. I didn't figure that out till later. I was too busy surviving, you know, trying to figure out ways to get through one traumatic event to the next. And in a way, music coming to me, it saved me. It was therapy for me. And then when I realized I could make a living out of it, because it was so much fun and so therapeutic, and I could connect to people in ways that I couldn't just otherwise walking down the street, that's when I started to fall in love with it. Music became everything to me. And in a way, I think about it always has, because it was a way for me to feel better, no matter what. Wow. Wow. So. Mm, wow. Y'all, this is just way too good. But it's not over. We have a long way to go. But I guarantee y'all, at the end of this, y'all are going to be like, yes, we love this. This is like, this is just so fire. So bear, bear with us for this commercial break. And then. We'll come back and keep the show going. Do you want to start your own podcast? If you do, great. I'm here for it. But you may ask, how do you do it? Well, that's the easy part. You first have to come up with the vision and plans for your show, including a name, episode count, and main objective. Secondly, You'll need to come up with topics that will catch your listeners' attention and keep them interested. The final thing you'll need is a hosting platform. That's where Anchor comes in. It's free to download. You can make money from your show with no minimum listenership. Record using your iPhone, iPad, or MacBook. And there are many more tools Anchor provides that you can take advantage of in order to create freely. No studio or expensive equipment needed. So if you're interested in getting your show off the ground, go to 
anchor.fm backslash start to get started with your amazing new unique show. I can't wait to hear what you'll come up with. Alrighty. Wow. I'm loving this. I hope y'all are loving this too. But we're going to keep the show going, keep everything rolling. And um, so, yeah, life coaching, very important. I have one. She's amazing. She's based out of New York. And uh, yeah, super excited about it. But y'all, Hallelujah is also a life coach. So tell us about that. You know, what, 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 what got you into, you know, becoming a life coach? What's, you know, in your opinion, like, how important is it to have a life coach? Would you recommend that, you know, some, anyone, you know, look into having a life coach or even, you know, or even therapy? Um, which, which one do you want me to answer first? You can you can answer either or just you know it's up to you. So how is how important is it to have a life coach? Um, in my opinion, and even in my professional opinion, as a mm-hmm. life coach, it, it's not. Mm. It's not important. It's not important to have a life coach, and the reason why I say, say that is because of it. everybody is at a place in their life in which they require different things, and life is always working out for you and if life is always working out for you you're always going to get what you need at all times if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so if that means that you're at the point in your life where you want to take on having a life coach then do it if you feel like you don't need to take on a life coach then don't either way you're going to get to your destination as fast or slow as as you and, and life decide to now, having a life coach, would you would you be able to get to where you do I think it's necessary? Absolutely not. But do I think it's also would support you in your journey and getting there faster and also being able to maintain it? Because anyone can get to a destination, but that's when you maintain what you want to create within that, that destination. And that takes mindset. And that's where life coaches, um, at least at least they're supposed to, but that's where life coaches are really a huge asset. Because unfortunately as kids, we're not taught mindset like we are taught math and English, you know, in school. So a life coach is, is, is that piece of the puzzle, I think, as long as it's the right one. So I, I think it would be really supportive in anyone's journey, but I think it's a requirement. No, absolutely not. You're going to get to your journey one way or another. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. And to answer your other question, why did I decide to become a life coach? That'd be like asking me, why did I decide to become a figure? I did it besides this. <laughs> it's, it's once again, one of those things that came to me that made sense and I ended up falling in love with doing. Mm, um, okay. I was really sick for a short, for a long period of time, actually. I was that kid 
the doctor said would never live a normal life, that I would have to live in a, in a bubble of sorts. I was told by doctors that I would never see me again because I developed an onset of cancer in my throat due to a stomach condition that I had to get two surgeries to, to correct. Um, with all these things that happened, I, I figured out ways to persevere, to be on top. And then on top of that, I didn't grow up with self-esteem. I didn't grow up with anyone telling me that I was beautiful, um, that I that I could do or things like that. No, 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 no. I did not grow up with that. So I didn't think I was cute, especially since I was I was severely bullied growing up as a kid, like to the point of death threats. Um, and that was before there was protection laws against cyberbullying. So I mean, my space was just a stomping ground for me. It sucked. It sucked. My whole mind, like my my childhood, Loki sucked. So I make the best out of everything in my adult years. Uh, but anyways, I figured if I could figure out a way to come on top or come out on top with all these things and I was blessed, I was truly and utterly blessed that no matter what I was going through, I always attracted a, a person, a parental figure, um, you know, a, a, an angel, I don't know, sorry, that always came into my life at certain periods of time to support and guide me. Whether it was a teacher, whether it was uh, a friend, whether it was one of my mother's friends that happened to be taking care of me, that spoke wisdom into my life and kept me going. Because I'm, I'm telling you, like I, I had so many moments where I was just done with life. I, I committed suicide and was successful with it back when I was around 17, 18 years old, and I was, I was gone for about 24 hours. The fact that I was able to wake up and breathe right now alone is a miracle. So mm. I figured if I wasn't, if I wasn't allowed to die, then I'm going to figure out ways to live and to live my best life. Um, so yeah, like I said, over the years, I just accumulated all this information, all this knowledge, and, and not in a sense where it's like figuring out ways to get more money or figure out ways to get myself in the limelight. But just figure out ways to manage my my emotions, to manage those those voices inside my head that were telling me that I couldn't do it, that I was nothing. And I figured out ways to remedy them with voices that actually worked for me. And they're honest with me too. I completely reprogrammed my mindset. Um, I did a lot of my own shadow work, you know, dark night and soul, all that stuff. And I thought to myself, one day um, during the pandemic, you know what? I'm really good at giving people advice and supporting them. I might as well get paid for it. And that's when I, I just became a life coach after a friend of mine who, who's a business owner, she supported me with starting the business. And then all of a sudden, I had an angel investor as well. Then I got certified and I got all my first clients within the same, same month of starting the business, of getting certified. And I was doing speaking events and things like that. And that's, I've been doing speaking events for a long time because I would mentor young girls, specifically young girls of color. And I would talk at different events and things like that. So now I actually had a title for it. I actually have a title for it. And being a life coach for me is just a way and a means of me to be able to pay forward all the wisdom and all the successes that I have and that I'm still accumulating as we speak. So this is a, this is more of a, a, a love and passion for me that it's just happening to become even more successful, just like music, just like acting, just like modeling. Um, and that's 
pretty much how I live my life, Jaguay. Um, I do what I love, and I do what makes sense in fulfilling my purpose. And as long as I'm doing that, the money, the success, the inner peace, oof, the inner peace among everything, it always follows. It's always there. I don't really worry about much of anything anymore. And also, I'm tired of worrying. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> right about that. Yeah. You're right about that. Worrying does not do anything. But I'm glad you love I'm glad you mentioned that because we have all heard the term do what you love. Yeah. Yet many people are stuck working jobs that they don't love just to make ends meet, just to get by, or for those like myself, they know what they've been called to do. They're just working for now until they can sustain themselves with their passion. So, absolutely. And I've, I've done the same. It took mm-hmm. me a while mm-hmm. to get to the point where I'm, I'm strictly living off of what I love to do. Mm-hmm. It also took a lot of changing of mindset, and it took a lot of a lot of risk, a lot of risk. And I wanna, I wanna talk about something that I think is sure. really, really important to anyone that's listening right now. Sure. A lot of people are under the common misconception that they have to be fearless. That's a lie. And that's complete and utter BS. Don't ever go into any situation telling yourself to be fearless or thinking you need to be fearless. It's actually your fears that make it worth it. You know, if you're ever afraid of something, then you know that there's a stake involved. You know that there's something huge. You know that it lights a fire under you. It's the thing that that keeps you awake at night and wakes you up in the morning. Why would you ever want that to go away? You're blessed to have a passion. You're blessed to have something that you're a little afraid of. You know, it it wouldn't be worth it otherwise. Instead, I encourage people to be courageous because courage is what allows you to respond to the fear. But if you tell yourself you're fearless, you're lying to yourself. Hmm. You're lying. Even the people who have been doing this kind of stuff for years, they still experience some level of anxiety, some level of fear, because they love what they do, and they want to do it the best. So you're naturally going to be a little bit fear. I mean, fearful. And me, I, I hope that I never have moments where all my fear goes completely away. And if it does, that means I'm on my best side, because I know that I've given everything. So I, I really encourage people to change their language. Don't, don't tell yourself you're fearless. Don't tell other people to be fearless. Don't shut them down. Don't shut yourself down. Instead, tell yourself to be courageous. Channel and work through that fear. Use that fear as as uh, as a catapult for you, as an indicator to you. Like, oh yeah, okay, I I feel this. I know it's here. Here we go. Push through it anyway. Show yourself what you're made of. Be courageous. Wow. Sheesh. Be courageous. I'm getting blessed. My God, I'm getting blessed right now. I hope y'all are getting blessed because this is this is so amazing. But we haven't even scratched y'all. We have just barely scratched the surface of what this amazing woman can, can do. Oh, my goodness. So hang on. When I saw this in her bio, y'all, I was like, huh? Should I Google this? But no, nah, I'm just going to ask her myself oh, yeah. when we get to recording the show. It's all good. So... Yeah. Own a hairless cat. You found no, no, no. We're not talking about the hairless cat. We love the hairless cat. She's with us right now on camera. But um, no. We, actually, I was curious. Like, what does it mean to be a hand model? 
Like, what's plant-based veganism? What type of TV hosting did you even do? Like, those are the questions that popped in my head when I looked at her bio, y'all. I was like, we got to talk about this on the show. We've got to talk about this on the show. Because this is like completely new. This like next level for me. So I'm curious. I know the audience is curious. But like, what is that? What is that stuff? If you don't mind sharing. Okay. Um, so I'll start out with hand modeling. Um, I've been a professional hand model now for about five years, I think. And that that was also one of those things that just kind of came to me. I didn't go looking for it. And I didn't even know that it existed. Like, mm. most people think about hand models, they think about a moment in the movie Zoolander, where it's like there's a hand model that has their hand in this glass container that's, that's giving pure oxygen to preserve the hand. That was my only knowing of hand models, too. But what happened was, uh, I was working as an actor for a Samsung commercial, and the director asked me if I would be willing to do what's called inserts of my hands, where it shows me on the phone, swiping on there, and I said, sure! I was so green, I didn't even know what that meant. I just was, I was just ready to say yes to anything at that moment while I was on set, because I was just so excited, it was my first commercial. Um, and when I sat when I sat in the green room area waiting to go up to do those inserts as they call it, mm-hmm. I was sitting in a room with two other people who I hadn't seen on set at all. And my nosy ass was like, Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I was just so happy. I was so excited. And it turns out I was sitting with a couple of hand models. The mm-hmm. job was to show up and show their hands. In, in the commercial. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought actors, you know, you would think that actors use their own hand, but it's not true. They, they have Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I asked them, how much money do you just make? And he told me, well, I mean, on a monthly basis, it, it really just depends. But when he was talking figures in, in like the thousands monthly, just for doing one or two jobs a month, I went, um, <laughs> Sign me up, please. So I went, I went to the agency. Yes, there is actual agencies for, for, for hand models. Um, and it's a very small and niche world. Like, you basically have to have genetic lottery of just what's the beauty standard of nice hands, um, even skin tone, and impeccable care of your hands. And when I got there, they were like, oh my gosh, your hands are so amazing. <laughs> and I was, I was like, Lily, are you nuts? I play guitar like this. She said, no, it's perfect. You can do ads for like guitar center. And I said, that's fine. As long as I make money, I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And since then, I've done ads for commercials, print, national campaigns. I body doubled. Um, uh, gosh, body doubling is so fun and interesting too. Uh, yeah, I've done everything from, I've, I'm the hands for, for WhatsApp, for Apple, um, even McDonald's, you'll see me holding a little frappuccino or something, with them, uh, Starbucks, um, OPI, Anastasia, um, Mark Jacobs, I've, I've literally done work with all the major companies, and like I said, I've also body doubled. Um, for different actors um, and models as well, but you know they couldn't use their hands, so they used mine instead. Oh my goodness! Did you just see his face right now? 
So all this time that I've been going to Chick-fil-A and McDonald's my 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 whole life I've mo- and watched TV my whole life and watched streaming services my whole life and seen a bunch of commercials you're telling me that I could have seen your hands across my screen the whole time I am almost 100% positive that you have seen my hands at some point in your life in the last four or five years. I've had people from all over the world point it out. Like, hey, I just saw your hands on a billboard or on a bench or in a magazine or on TV or whatever. Yes, my, my hands have been a lot of places. <laughs> no pun intended. Whoa. Wow. Um, yo. That's just, yo. Wow. Un. Believable. So there's that. Then there's TV hosting, and then veganism. So like, yeah. wh- wh- what? How? I- elaborate. We've got tons of time. You're good. Not least, um, 
I know I know what veganism is. Right. My audience probably doesn't know what specifically plant based veganism is. for your next event one who resonates with and understands people and will provide a balanced perspective for any audience you need to call nate you can reach him at underscore orator nate on instagram the wise orator on facebook or his website at www.natejones2016.wixsite.com backslash who is nate jones now Let's go finish up that episode, shall we?
Ooh. Y'all. Sang some Andre Day for, for Hallelujah while we were on break. And it was just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Ah, uh, I want to finish the song. I'm not going to finish the song on air. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Where did I leave off? Oh, right here. <clears throat> and I'll rise up. I like the waves. I'll rise up. In spite of the ache, I'll rise up. And I'll do it a thousand times again. For you. Yo, all right. That's just, that's that's all y'all gonna get. All right, that's all y'all gonna get. Okay, you know how often people ask me to sing for them, but you know how rare it is when people actually sing for me. That's very rare. Yes. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. My life, my life is complete. I can, I can go now. You don't need me. You got this. Well. You are important. To, you you are important to me, and I need you to survive. Not gonna go into that song, cause um, then you'll bring up then you'll bring up my church background, and I have to start breaking out into tongues and shouting and all that jazz. So, okay, y'all. Woo. Okay, see, this is what happens when you make friends with a singer. Oh, boy. So, speaking of friendship, so glad I said that word. Very important topics here on the show. We love talking about friendships, and we love talking about dating, especially dating. <clears throat> Seeing as we are coming up on February, very soon, actually, by the time this goes live, we'll literally be two days out from February. That's crazy. But, yes, from where we are, from where we stand now, February is like, two weeks away. So still we're getting close, but uh, I want to mention, I want to mention this real quick. Um, not many people really think about this, but, but I do because as a public figure, you have to think about this, but when you're in the spotlight and this goes for anyone, you know, singer, artist, or, or your philanthropist, you know, it, it goes for anyone, but, Specifically, when you're in the spotlight as an artist and you're in the music industry, everyone, including your fans, want to know who's captured your heart. Heck, 99%, I'm willing to wager 99% of female artists in general, for sure, have made fans who, who are head over heels captivated by them for their voice, lifestyle, and most importantly, their extremely gorgeous appearance. I should know. I have tons of celebrity crushes, Meg Thee Stallion being one of them. But with that being said, sadly, sadly, being able to successfully date and make friends in the... Seriously, y'all, let me say this again. Being able to successfully date and also being able to successfully make friends in the music and entertainment industry 
is not easy, y'all. It is not what you see on Instagram. I know firsthand, you know, being a public figure myself and being single, one circle tends to be ridiculously small despite the Instagram pictures that say otherwise. And like, even though we're in person, um, even though we're online and not in person right now, these things are still something worth overcoming in order to manifest the friendships and the love life that one desires. Doing so requires confidence, but also awareness because not everyone has your back. Artists, singers, songwriters, entertainers, etc., etc. And with Hallelujah being literally in the spotlight, you know, going into the spotlight from the life that she lived before. It's just like, when you think about just life from a relationship standpoint, you've got your family, you've got God or whatever higher power you believe in. You've got your friends. And normally, you know, you're going to your elementary, your middle, your high school, your college, et cetera, et cetera. And you're experiencing things in that realm. But then when you step in there as an artist and you actually hit that mainstream circuit, complete 180, like, boom, everything completely changes from what you used to know. So I am very curious to hear Hallelujah's perspective on this. Um, you can start with either or on this, but just, you know, being in the industry personally and also from a professional standpoint, how have connections, I'll say that, how have connections been for you in, you know, friendship-wise, actually making friends, dating, relationship-wise, et cetera, et cetera, because y'all, you know, I'm going to just say it one more time from a fan's perspective. What we see on Instagram and what we see in, you know, the or the news articles is not reality. There is so much that goes on beyond, behind the scenes with all these celebrity relationships and celebrity friendships that we do not see. So it's really cool that Hallelujah gets to share her perspective on this and really break it down for y'all. So take it away. Um, well, let me see how I can answer your question precisely. Would you mind repeating it for me? Sure, no. So I, yeah. I, 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 I covered it under the umbrella of connections because you've got your professional connections, obviously, but you're also a person. You're not just out here you know, making moves and working all the time. You're a person. You have, you know, emotions. You have feelings. You feel alone. You feel connected. But even in your specific realm, people think, and I'll, I'll just, I'll just be real. People who, people on the outside looking in who are fans and who have just are used to being in the fan life where you're buying tickets, you're going to see the artists at, shows and stuff like that but you don't get that close the closest they will let you get is vip that's the closest you'll get to an actual artist unless you are in the family of the artist or you just so happen to be connected to the artist prior to them blowing up and you still have that same access even though they've blown up everybody else again the closest you can get to an artist 
when it comes to just really knowing them is VIP or following them on social media. But like, y'all, to get beyond that barrier, to actually like be friends or to actually even date an artist, y'all, I don't even want to go into the percentages of that, but like, I'm just breaking it down for y'all who don't really know. That's what Hali is here to do. Hali is going to explain, you know, the inner workings of, you know, just being a human, having friends, having, you know, romantic partners, and also realizing that, you know, you're a public figure, you're a mainstream artist. You know, there's levels to how close someone can get to you. Just that's basically where that that question came from. Mm-hmm. And, and to be clear too, whether I was in in the entertainment industry or not, there still would be levels to get to me. Facts. And the reason being, yeah, and the reason being is because I hold myself a high value and and high regard and high purpose, and because of that, I know that I'm not going to allow any just anyone to have access mm-hmm. to my mm-hmm. most intimate self. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I believe that that's a standard that anyone that sees themselves as high value or just sees themselves serious to have. Not everyone is for you. Um, but in regards to me working in the industry and being quote unquote a celebrity, mm-hmm. um, I would say I I kind of had this unspoken rule for myself: mm-hmm. a fan can't be a friend, but a friend can be a fan. Oh. As in. Right. I mean, if I meet someone and they're automatically in lust with how I look, what I do for them, like how I sound, things like that, I automatically know that I can't be friends with them because they'll never be able to see the real me. They'll never be able to see past all the things that I do. They only see mm, my God. And it's, not, mm. and it's not their fault. And mm-hmm. I'm not mad and I'm not blaming them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I require people to be fans as well. Like mm-hmm. that, it's mm-hmm. a I approach people based off of 
how much we buy together, like how right. much mm-hmm. your energy. Mm-hmm. And that's even when working with people in the industry. If I feel like you're, I mean, mostly a piece of shit or something like that, then chances are we're not going to work together. And that's mutually so. I'm not for everyone and everyone is not for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. And on top of that, I, over the years, I've learned to become extremely loving and comfortable with being with myself. You know, like, I, I love being with myself. If, if you can't compete with me being by myself, then we can't be friends. Mm, if I'm my God. With you and I would rather be alone, I would rather be alone, then how much of friends are we really? Mm. Like, friends are supposed to add value into your life in some shape or form, and that's how I look at it, you know, I, there's just one thing in life that I'll never be able to get back, and that's my time. Mm. And, and I and I want to invest all my time into my purpose and who I'm meant to be on this earth. You know, and and there's always going to be people that come and go throughout my life who want to support, you know, season, reason, lifetime, all those things. And I'm actually extremely grateful. I'm so, so grateful that I do have you know, those people that I can count on one hand who I could call in the middle of the night or if I'm having a severe breakdown or, mm-hmm. or some sort of anxiety attack or, or just need to talk about a breakup or whatever. I have those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Guess what? At least half to the majority of them are not in the industry. Mm-hmm. 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 And the one thing I do find about having friends in the industry, though, and I will be completely honest sure. with you, Mm-hmm. Is is that is it's oftentimes you'll find quote unquote friends trying to compete with each other. But I'm not for it. And I've, I've learned that in every facet of my life, not just the music industry, 
do the rest of my personal life. It, it applies to everything. And I'm actually okay with it. They say it's lonely at the top. Um, mm. so I mean, yes. <laughs> People are going to fall off on your way up. Mm. That's, that's the reality of it. But the ones that are meant to stay, they're going to be there. Wow. I'm, I'm not worried about that. That's amazing. Wow. And, um, so yeah, what, uh, what life tips or advice do you have for the listeners, you know, especially, um, cause I, I hate to do this to everybody, but like, okay. there's someone listening who's probably thought this, but it's like, Ooh, when, when I make it and when I'm known when I'm famous I know you're th- I know you think this is a singer and you see it all around you it makes sense but it's just like huh when I make it in the industry am I gonna have a Beyonce and Jay-Z romance experience um oh by the way guys fellas they're listening listen up because what Hallelujah has to say on this one could help you impress the woman of your dreams just want to point that out Confidence is the most attractive quality that a woman seeks in a man. Just, just saying. That is true. High value and confidence. That'll get you any woman you want for the most part. It really will. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, what's it like dating in the industry? I'm curious. I've never been able to ask this question like to anyone. So like, yeah. Uh, you know what? How do I answer this? Um... I, okay, I can't say what it's like dating in the industry, but I can say what it's like dating me in the industry. That's perfect. Uh, That's perfect. Okay, um, so I'm a lover, and I'm and I'm very attentive, um, and I I cater a lot to whomever I'm in relationship with, um, and I I keep a really good balance between the both. And anyone that I'm with also understands what I do and, and believes in what I do and knows mm-hmm. that I can't always be there and then sometimes I get called away on things and whatnot. That's why I typically I, I don't really date anyone in the industry very often. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to see people that have quote unquote regular ass lives. Yeah, and it's just because it provides a sense of normalcy and stability for me compared to the life that I have. My life is constantly on call. I could be I can hear be here one day and China the next day, which has happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get to have someone that's understanding with that. Um, I'm extremely loyal, but I'm not. I'm not. Um, what's it called? Uh, what's, what's that word called? I'm trying to think of. Um, I'm not easily swayed or susceptible mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the luring of others or other things, just because. I know that if I'm with someone, they're of high value, and I see a future in them. Mm. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't jeopardize that for for anyone, not even the hottest person that I've ever seen on the planet. Because at the end of the day, I know what I want, and I know what I want to create. Um, so I'm I'm the type that's very very invested. I'm all all heart, all love. You know, I still have boundaries. Um, I'm very understanding. Uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm a, I'm a deep lover, and I allow that to come out a lot within my romantic relationships. Uh, <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. I don't know what it's like to date a bunch of people in the industry. I've, I've never even really been that type to 
around dating a whole bunch of people. I, I mean, I'm sure I could if I applied myself to it, but that's not really my desire. I used to put a lot of emphasis on romantic relationships to the point mm. where it would get in the way of my work. Ooh. Yeah, I was constantly trying to cater to the other person. And their traumas and their baggage. To the point where it slowed down what I was doing in my life. And what wow. And my purpose. Wow. That's another reason why I'm really mindful as to who my choose to be in relationship with, to be in bed with. You know, I, I don't want to ever get distracted again. Mm. Um, mindfulness that's literally been the theme of the whole month just like mindfulness and and really putting in work and changing because january may have been the let's get started month but once we hit like once we hit february but well not once we hit february but like the 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 starting point for the rest of the year pretty much is now so, you know, whatever you did during January, great. Whatever you didn't accomplish during January, great. Just move forward and get ready to, like, crush it in the next month and for the rest of the year. So I'm just curious, before we go, like, what are some of the goals you've set for yourself in 2021? What uh, advice do you have for us on actively pursuing and achieving your goals as we you know, go deeper into the year, professional goals, uh, especially just considering, you know, concerts and touring will come back 100%. It's going to come back. Corona will not be here forever. And um, yeah, so I'm sure you have tons of goals for 2021 that, you know, are just going to be make things amazing and wildly better than 2020. funny you mentioned this because I um, I'm a huge believer in 
the law of attraction or as they say the law of detachment mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and manifesting and whatnot and towards the beginning of this year i actually just wrote down three things that i want to accomplish this year um it's so funny that we mentioned you know love and relationships you know i like love too so i, I wrote that down as one of the things on my list that um i wanted to attract Hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. Don't be going in her DMs now, y'all. <clears throat> oh, God. This is silly. Uh, I want to attract a life partner that knows my value and treats me as such. Mm. So that's important. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing I wrote is I want to live in my purpose fully and abundantly. Um, and here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that what they do is what Someone's got to do it. 
I'm, I, I, I can do this. I'm going to do it. So that was the second thing I wrote. Living mm-hmm. in my surface September was something I already doing, but I wanted to right. write it down again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing I wrote down was um, inner peace. Inner peace. Because honestly, none of that matters if I'm not happy within myself. Mm. I could be, I could be, I could be, um, you know, picking up trash for a living or working at the local CVS. But if I'm not happy, if I'm not at peace, why does any of this matter? Why, why does it matter? You hear about a lot of artists, a lot of entertainers, they get to where they want and they end up crashing and burning or, or killing themselves or getting mm-hmm. involved with things that, that pull them down. And it was because they never had peace. Mm. never had peace mm-hmm. and they didn't know how to maintain the uh the amount of fame and luxury that they had and i knew that if i wanted to create this life this empire i didn't want to destroy it myself so i had to get my mind right first and foremost mm. so yeah those are the three things that i wrote down to to manifest as a now and as i do believe and feel i'm living in an every street all of them wow so crazy that's just y'all this episode is literally like the second best episode of the season so far i loved it it was so cool um yes 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 i know unfortunately someone had you beat but i'm the i'm the i'm counting up like the top five from the season and the season's not even done we still have a whole couple episodes left but it's just been guests galore ever since episode three and it's been amazing so i really appreciate you hallelujah thank you for coming on the show today and really just sharing your heart sharing your life tips sharing your lessons and being vulnerable with us and the entire world we appreciate you so much I appreciate you too and thank you for creating a space for me to share and to be vulnerable and you know if anyone's looking for me um in regards to my music or even my coaching you can find me on instagram right now it's at this hallelujah not that hallelujah not those hallelujah but this this hallelujah all together c-h-i-s hallelujah h-a-l-l-e-l-u-j-h hallelujah mm. all right we will make sure to put her info in the show notes. And uh, that's it, y'all. We got to go. I will see you all in episode four on Monday. Take care. If you want to follow Life Tips on social media, we have a Facebook account, and a Twitter account. Both at Life Tips Podcast. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Nate underscore the underscore speaker or underscore orator Nate. Or you can follow me on Facebook at The Wise Orator or you can follow me on Twitter at auth underscore gen underscore person. That's it for this episode. See you next week.